Welcome to Pediatric Meltdown, the podcast about children's mental health and emotional well-being. I'm Dr. Leah Gugino, a primary care pediatrician, and I created this podcast for the pediatric medical community and anyone who cares about children's behavioral health. Pediatric Meltdown offers thoughtful conversations featuring experts from the field. Learn practical strategies from the best and become a savvier clinician. Hey listeners, just a little bonus episode and it's just a time for me to kind of contemplate what's been going on for the last year and a half and to again just thank you for your listenership. It really means a lot to me and I appreciate those of you that have rated and reviewed and encourage you to do that as it really helps to promote the podcast. I have been so fortunate to have the most incredible guests who are so generous with their time knowledge, insights, and advice. So much, much thanks to them. I've been doing some trainings with our Child Psychiatry Access Program on suicide assessment and safety planning. And I know that a lot of you out there are having to face managing kids with suicidal ideation and not having the resources like emergency assessment or emergency therapy available to you. And so the task is just falling squarely in your lap. And for a lot of us, this is not what we signed up for. It's not what we imagined that we would be doing. But our kids are looking to us and our parents are depending on us for expertise. So I would really encourage you to look at some videos online. My favorites are the Calm Course, the Counseling Access to Lethal Means If you haven't watched that, I would really, really recommend it. It's about an hour and a half or two, and it really helps with how to talk to families about keeping an environment safe when you have a suicidal individual in the home. So I would really encourage you to check that out. You can just Google calm and suicide and it will pop up for you. You can also go to the Ask Ask Suicide Questionnaire at the NIMH website, and there is a nice toolkit. There's some videos. You can also go back and listen to podcasts from last May when we did a whole series on suicide prevention. What I really wanted to talk about is addressing the question of, are you ready? Do you have processes in place for managing mental health? Do you have a specific workflow I'm guessing that most of you are doing some screening. The AAP, of course, recommends that we screen for depression and screening for suicide is going to be added, I believe, to Bright Futures. So it's really going to be up to us to start doing more of that. We also screen oftentimes for anxiety with tools like the GAD-7, the Pediatric Symptom Checklist, and use the CRAFT tool or should be using it more often to assess in a you know, an evidence-based manner, not just surveillance for substance use. And it can be really powerful, but how do you do all that? So I think one of the things is, you know, looking at from the time a parent calls your office with a concern, what's the flow? Who addresses that? Do you have, you know, smart phrases in your EHR so that your clinic staff can get the information that you want that you want? and then figure out how to set up an appointment time. 
Do you have a policy or a process in place if a parent's calling saying, hey, I'm worried about my teen who is suicidal? How do we manage that? How do you assess it over the phone so you know, is this something I can do in the office or do they need to go to the emergency room? I am going to put in a special, just a point of reflection about sending kids to the ER for any, you know, revelations of suicidal thoughts. Most kids don't need to go to the ER for that assessment. Most of them can be assessed in our offices. Now, obviously, if they're having, you know, acute suicidal thoughts, intent, plan, access to means, unstable or chaotic living environment, in that case, you may need to refer them. But just remember the emergency rooms are set to manage the acute incident and to determine does this need to go to an inpatient psychiatric hospital or home. Right now, most of our inpatient beds are full. And I don't know about where you are, but in the state of Michigan, we have very limited number of beds. And it is just a a huge uphill trying to get kids in, even those that most acutely need it. So think twice about sending a kid down because there are long waits, they have to get undressed and give up their phones and have a sitter. And it's just really a difficult time. And they may be down there for hours, sometimes days waiting for an assessment. So I think it's important to have that plan in place. And you can set up ways to signal. In my practice, we use something called the slap card where we held up a card that had helping hands on it. And that indicated to other staff that we needed to rally the troops and get people available to manage the call and to get the information to a provider or if you're lucky enough to have a social worker in your practice. If you don't have social work in your practice, think about how that might happen. Can you lobby your institution? And just remember that social workers in your practice can bill for their counseling services And if they get good at it, then they may be able to at least cover their cost. So again, it is critical and it is just better care and it really helps you. I think once you have that process in place, you know, you can look at, you know, what are the resources that we're going to use? So have you had an opportunity to meet any of the therapists in your locale. If you're in a rural or remote area, you may need to rely on your community mental health or even telepsych for some of those services. But your CMH can be a wonderful resource for those Medicaid and uninsured kids. And I would get to know them, get to know your school personnel. That really makes a big difference when we're trying to help kids with emotional distress. I would suggest having a community partner get together when it's safe to do so. And you could do it on Zoom as well. But what we did was we invited everybody that we could think of who would have a part to play in a child's emotional health. So therapists in town, agencies that might serve their needs, community mental health, school leaders, you know, superintendents, social workers, whoever was interested at being at the table, and then we invited them in. If you're doing it in person, make sure you have chocolate. That's uber important. And then we just started sharing. 
we were able to share that, you know, this is what we're doing in our setting. We use this PHQ tool. Do they know what it is? Because they can do it on their end and then keep us informed with the same type of objective tool. Um, we can go through the process we're using. If you're doing Stanley Brown safety planning, for example, you know, they may want to know what is this if they're not familiar. And then you can host opportunities for joint learning. So this might look like you know, you show them how to do a PHQ, a GAD7, a CRAFT, some of those other tools that we may routinely use and like the ask and find out who is savvy about different kinds of concerns. So who knows how to manage suicidal ideation? Sometimes some therapists have not had that kind of training and their response may be to send kids to the emergency room as well. So find out who in your community can help manage that. And for us, that really made a huge difference. Again, I cannot emphasize enough how important having integrated behavioral health in your clinic can be. And it's more than just co-located help where the therapist is in your office, but down the hall and just doing traditional therapy. Integrated behavioral health, I like to say, is having help at the hip. So you can say, hey, you know what, I've got a you know, member of my team that's here to help and let me go grab them and have them come to the room with you. And then you can do a nice warm handoff and back and forth. And it really saves time. And honestly, it's better care. Those social workers or psychologists in your practice then can help with those connections to outpatient services, the schools, whatever else um, they might need. So again, huge shout out to Integrated Behavioral Health some of you may be fortunate enough to um, have collaborative care available where you're able to partner up with a psychiatrist to actually manage some patients. They don't see the patient, but they help manage a panel of patients with anxiety and depression primarily and can really help with the assessments. The other thing, and I have done numerous podcasts on this, but I cannot emphasize get to know who your child psychiatry access partners are in your state. And you can go to nncpap.org and check out the map to see where your CPAP is. There are a few states, um, there are four of them that do not have these child psychiatry access programs. So if you're in one of those states, and off the top of my head, I'm remembering Ohio, and I want to say Idaho, and then there's two others, you may want to start advocating for that with your state chapter and with your legislators. So don't underestimate the power of your voice. If you're interested in more of these processes, we can look at doing a, I guess I would say sort of an office makeover and perhaps have an interview with a member of the audience out there and just talk about what do you have in place? What's ideal and how are you going to get there? There are lots and lots of resources online, of course, but sometimes digging through all that can be cumbersome and I would be happy to help uh, with that. You can also check out my website, www.medicalbhs.com. It's Medical Behavioral Health Solutions, LLC. And you can see what sorts of services I can offer if um, that is helpful to you. I'm happy to do speaking engagements, you know, do a zoom in with your practice, whatever it is that might be helpful to you. So 
I hope this um, little interval bonus has been helpful to you, but I've been thinking about it a lot because I know many of us are just, you know, trying to get through the day and having some policies, processes, workflows, and then resources makes all the difference. So go out there, my mental health warrior colleagues, and do great things. And let me know if I can be of help. You can also DM me on Instagram at Pediatric Meltdown or check me out on Twitter at Leah Gagino. Thanks so much. Take care. Hey, Pediatric Meltdown listeners. I just want to give a huge shout out and thank you for listening to these podcasts over the last year and a half. We are nearly at 27,000 downloads, and it's only because of your listening that we have reached this point. I am so grateful to all of the guests who are just amazing people doing amazing things out there in the world, as are all of you. If you're interested in meeting like-minded colleagues who are interested in the same things you are, children's mental and emotional health, then I'd like to invite you to join me on Wednesday, March 16th at noon Eastern Standard Time for a 30-minute Zoom party. It's not the same as a regular party. I get that. I love parties so much, but for right now, it'll have to do. And I would love to get to know other passionate mental health warriors and to learn about your interests. What do you want to hear on the podcast? Who should I bring back? What kinds of topics are you struggling with and would like to hear more? So I really look forward to meeting you. If this is successful and people are interested, I can certainly look for an evening time that might meet the needs of our colleagues to the west of me, which would be Mountain Time, Central Time, Pacific Time, and others of you around the world. So hopefully this will be a go. And if you are interested, then I would like you to follow the link that's in the show notes. I also want to give a shout out to Feedspot. For listing Pediatric Meltdown as one of the top 20 pediatric podcasts. Again, if you have any thoughts or ideas, you can DM me on Instagram at Pediatric Meltdown, and I hope that you have a fabulous day and that I'll get to see you at the party. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pediatric Meltdown. In the words of Maya Angelou, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Let's do better together. This podcast was made possible by the team at Streamlined Podcasts. Music was composed by Connor McHugh and cover art was designed by Alexia Barrero.